0: Hello, and welcome to another Light Reading podcast. My name is Phil Harvey. I am an editor here at Light Reading.
1: Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading.
0: Hi,
2: my name is Ilel Kobrinsky. I'm the Chief Strategy of DriveNet, and happy to be here.
0: You are also a co-founder of Drivenets, is that right, Mr. Kobrinsky?
2: Absolutely, and a co-founder.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, very good. Well, that's a big piece of information we have to put in there, because you've been at the company since the beginning. And it's a very uh, interesting company. We've covered it quite a bit. Um, more importantly, uh, the, the reason we're talking about it now is um, the market you're in seems to be heating up. And I say that because um, all of the competitors in the space seem to have seem to be incredibly well funded, including drivenets. Um, can you tell us about this last uh, funding round you closed? and uh, and exactly, Sort of what the uh, uh, motivation was behind raising more money at this point in time.
2: Absolutely. So, uh, DriveNet uh, went into Series C founding round, and we raised two hundred and sixty-two million, which uh, is our C round, uh, totally founding of uh, over eight hundred eight eight. Uh, sorry, five hundred million dollars. And the reason is that um, we are growing, we are growing fast. We are very focused on our service provider customers, and we need absolutely to support them. So the funding will be uh, to support our customer. On the you know network deployment uh, on a globally basis is a very uh, high task. It's very important to be, accurate to meet the standard of the service providers, as you know, the five nines. And therefore we needed the money and uh, we are happy that our investor were supporting us.
0: Fantastic. Go ahead, Kelsey.
1: Oh, yeah. And um, so, you know, with that funding, are you planning, uh, what kind of expansion are you planning in terms of um, adding any new employees or um, focusing on any new product development? Can you um, share a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So, first of all, uh, we are focusing on tier one and behind. So, it means that uh, we are in uh, right now... um, Relationship uh, sales cycles with uh, around one how one hundred service provider around the globe, so this is a huge tax. So this is one. Obviously, um, we increased the employee numbers to we are four hundred and fifty. It's like thirty percent growing employees uh, on all areas like operation and support sales. And obviously, uh, engineer. And uh, again, we need um, uh, our customers uh, rely on us, and uh, therefore we need to really invest and help them to move from the old infrastructure to the new infrastructure. Which, uh, you know, they are conservative. The network is very important to them, of course, and. Uh, this uh, required a lot of uh, resources and investment.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of testing that has to take place and a lot of uh, proving out that, uh, you know, like you were saying, the reliability of the product. And it's also such a, um, a cultural change for these service providers because they're going from uh, a situation where they've bought uh, routers and switches from a handful of suppliers, uh, the innovation cycle has moved at the pace of those companies that were, uh, you know, supplying that equipment, and um, you're bringing, you know, a, a different model. So you're able to uh, constantly update, uh, you know, the product with features. It runs on white boxes, so there's no custom hardware to to uh, build. Um, what can you tell us also about, uh, you know, the pro- the your your company's ability to uh, cluster, uh, how, how it sort of clusters different uh, sizes and implementations for service providers to kind of fit their needs.
2: So, uh, yeah, we, we are bringing a really new way of how you design, build, and operate a network. Just think about the fact that uh, service providers today have, like, three networks at least, the mobility, the enterprise, the broadband, some of them have uh, another one for IoT. And we can collapse all of them into one, because as you mentioned, there is the white boxes underneath and this is the shared resource on top of the virtualization layer. And then we can run all the routing functions in a way that uh, it's on a needed basis. I mean, whatever you need, it's, it's there and the resources are available. So it's not only that you can um, run a large, instead of the old chassis, you can large uh, uh, large clusters uh, that, for example, uh, people like at are using, but also you can collapse networks into, into one and uh, this is a uh, huge uh, moving forward for them as uh, economics wise and operation wise
0: is the process of selling to a service provider uh, any faster than it uh, you know going w- with what you're doing is it is it any are they any quicker now at adopting new technology than they have been traditionally because you sh- we used to think of service providers as having you know, eight to 10 year sales cycles, you know, that these were like really long long decision process, a long time to prove the technology and that sort of thing. Uh, How are you finding that environment?
2: So the good news is that, uh, and this is uh, one of the reasons we needed to raise more money is because all of them are very interested. I mean, if uh, a few years ago they would doubt uh, the capability and the ability or the, the the real need of aid so right now uh, this is over o- all of them are like want us to be in their labs wants to see a POC wants to touch it wants to integrate into it and all of them understand this is uh, this th- this is the future and this is how they will change the network obviously uh, there is no shortcut because it's so crucial for them, the network uh, resiliency. So again, we need to go into labs and POCs, but uh, the door is open and uh, really open. It's not, you know, in in the past. And I've been here, I've been around like 25 years in this business, and uh, in the past you just uh, can be, as you said, seven years in the labs. Now we are going to the lab, but. People want to see us uh, very quickly in in the field. How and and they want to feel it. They want to see that it's really what we are promising. As as we have more and more customers, uh, those customers uh, they are happy customers. So therefore, they are willing to take calls and encourage others to move this direction.
1: Yeah, happy customers is always good. <laughs> I would say um, so. You know, along those lines, what are some of um, the big benefits uh, to service providers and, and working with DriveNets? Um, are, you know, there, are there some upfront um, cost savings, um, new features or services? What, what are some of the big wins that they can expect?
2: Yeah, so, so obviously no one is doing right now any move without uh, looking into total cost of ownership. And 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 we are bringing those right away. But <clears throat> there are much higher layers of it. Not only for for saving total cost of ownership and operational cost, but think about uh, just the uh, COVID uh, that we went through, that uh, people were shift and walk from home and. Uh, all the offices and the enterprises were, were empty. So think about the billions of dollars invested in those networks that supported the offices and the enterprises where uh, nobody used them. And they couldn't move those resources to support the growing use from home. In our case, if the network is built uh, as a cloud, network cloud is our technology, so if the network is built as a cloud, like we're offering, so there was no problem like that because it doesn't matter if they use it from home or they use it from the the enterprise offices, uh, it's all shared resource, and it's all coming into the same place. So the ability for those investments to be utilized in uh, high performance It's it's higher. So, again, walking in with the total cost of ownership uh, that means a lot on for the next year budget. But uh, looking into the future, a lot of saving that uh, honestly it's sometimes very hard to um, calculate.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I I I keep forgetting how uh uh how the pandemic lockdown. Affected folks on the IT side, specifically the way that you mentioned, where they had centralized a lot of their assets, a lot of their value, and a lot of their uh, capital investment. And then suddenly, when you have to take advantage of the fact that people can work remotely and you're forced into that environment, it really does change. I think we've, you know, Kelsey and I have talked about it a lot from the security point of view because there was sort of like this uh, centralized security was kind of a big thing in a lot of IT. Uh, organizations inside the companies, but you're right uh, about the just the network capacity and the network services themselves. If it's all centralized and it's all being you know centrally managed, it doesn't allow for that kind of flexibility. So the investment needs to happen uh, in a in a slightly different way. Um, so I can see that they I can see that the um, that that the pandemic lockdown may have sped up some decision making. You know, in terms of going more cloud. Centric, I guess. Um, Is that an easy enough thing for a service provider to do, though? Because they're not just, uh, you know, adding on capacity. They're already running hugely complex networks with all these legacy services attached to them and stuff like that. I mean, when you take out a router, um, you know, there's, there's, it seems like there would there would be all kinds of things that could go wrong when you're replacing a router with a different from a different vendor or a different uh, uh, technology configuration. Um, how are you guys able to overcome that uh, I'll call it the legacy problem of uh, service provider networks, the fact that they never just turn anything off that everything kind of keeps running no matter how old it is
2: absolutely. this was. Um... A challenge that, uh, as I said, we are in this business for a long time and we knew uh, we need to solve it. So, what we did, and this is our uh, best practice, we are building a network with the network cloud technology parallel to the existing network. And we just uh, start to fish uh, shifting uh, the growth of the network into the traffic that's growing. Into our network until the uh, and we are doing all the interoperability and obviously on the integration into OSS BSS, but the this way it, um, service providers feel very comfortable to start shifting uh, traffic while they are having the existing network, and as they feel more and more comfortable, they are shifting more and more. Uh, traffic into our network until they are, um, you know, shutting down uh, the old stuff or repurpose them to to other areas in the network. So this was uh, definitely a challenge in the beginning, but now we have uh, enough experience to how to do it. We have the tools and everything. So um, and and remember, networks are growing. 30 50 percent depend which area in the globe you are talking or which part of the network you are talking and if you shift only the growing so after three years the the, the new network is is bigger than the old network in a sense and there they are decommissioning the old network so it's a very good uh, question and uh, we feel very comfortable and in, in our uh, customers really um, like the way that uh, we, we handle it and uh, this is why they feel comfortable to move this direction.
1: Mm-hmm. And Excellent. Are you also able to help your customers um, automate more of their uh, network functions and um, just continue to move faster, as Phil was you know, talking about how, how typically telcos are, are known for moving a bit slower, but does this um, shift uh, in, in working with DriveNets help them um, to speed up processes in the future?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So this is definitely one of the biggest uh, promises in the, in in everything that is cloud, right? Because they um, every feature that we are bringing or every need they are uh, asking and we are uh, bringing, so you can uh, light uh, uh, in in our network. You can put this uh, software in a virtual way and uh, start running it. You don't need really to deploy boxes and, uh, and integrate them in a physical layer even. Uh, you just uh, upload some software on our uh, uh, virtual layer uh, and, and then you can start uh, using it. And by the way, you don't need to do it uh, through all the network. You just need to, you can uh, pick an area or a function and just in in a small place to light uh, this software in a way and and start using and see how it works and see uh, if your customers want it and what they think about it. So the flexibility of bringing new product, new features, services, capabilities, it's uh, really a new world. That, uh, by the way, we know it from uh, the hyperscale, right? They are bringing every day new stuff into the cloud. There is no reason why those service providers will not be able to do so.
0: Yeah, that's particularly exciting for network services too because it's taken so long traditionally for them to, uh, you know, in that same way, just kind of tethered to the way they were buying technology. It takes them a long time to roll out new features, new functions, and maybe new services. I like the idea too of... Uh, If it works the way that I think it does, the way you're describing it, that this could allow for service providers to maybe have different uh, features and functions available to different geographies, depending on, uh, you know, whatever the needs of the local population are or whatever the needs of the, you know, maybe there, you know, maybe there's different government regulations or privacy regulations or things like that. And maybe some of that might be uh, simplified or at least automated as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the flexibility of um, uh, turning turning on uh, different services is uh, in three dimensions. It's the, the local, it's a type of customer, and it's uh, even different features in in the same set of capabilities, and and all of them again. You don't need any boxes to ship and integrate. You just uh, upload the software, and and it's and it's running. By the way, we can host also third-party software. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. to be it only.
0: Okay, um, that's important as well. Um, so uh, before uh, before we let you go, I guess one last question would just be: We're getting we're getting uh, a bit tight on time, but uh, one last question would be: You know, what um, where is DriveNet's going from here since you're, you know, co-founder, chief strategy officer, where, where do you expect to see the company in the next uh, year or 18 months in terms of, uh, you can either answer that in terms of customers or expansion, or just in general, where you, you know, where you expect the the company to be headed?
2: So we are very focused on our customers, if you think about it. So there is not uh, many, um, software company like us that are focused only on the service provider. We are not competing with them trying to sell to the enterprise which are their customers like other SaaS companies. So we want to be really into this uh, tier one uh, customers, uh, service providers uh, globally and uh, tier one and and then tier two. And this is our main uh, focus. So we grow our revenue uh we double our revenue year over year and we're expecting to keep doing it and keep uh growing the number of uh, tier one customers that we have and not only having them as a customer but lending and expanding in their network which is uh, the most important uh, part so execution 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 this is all about Uh, if you want to uh, win. And again, we have a huge market, as you you know it, and a huge opportunity. So we will keep expanding. Uh, In the future, uh, related to the raising money, so I think uh, we are aiming IPO, but IPO is uh, just another tool. So we need to be really focus again, service our customers, making them happy, making them uh, supporting us. Uh, And then we will find the right uh, tool or or vehicle to keep funding us.
0: All right. Well, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep following the company. We'll keep uh, uh, tabs on it and see, uh, see where you go from here. Uh, Hillel uh, Kowrinski, thanks so much for uh, your time today. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, thanks to the DriveNets team for, uh, for keeping you up uh, uh, well into the evening on a on a, on a on a long work day. I do appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
2: Thank you very much, Phil and uh, Clancy. Thank you very much. And uh, I was really
1: happy to be here.